searching for in the hurly-burly of modern life was really right under their noses all along. And they should probably marry that cute, highly empathetic small-town hunk and remember what's really important in life, which is embracing the heartwarming gender roles dictated by tradition. And what's more, it's also more than time for Christopher Lee, a.k.a. Saruman the White, a.k.a. Lord Summerisle of the Wicker Man, <laughs> a.k.a. British Dracula. A.k.a. Count Dooku. That's right, Hunter. Don't forget. It's time for Christopher Lee to sing traditional carols in his late career dive into heavy fucking metal. Oh, what if Christopher Lee's ghost was the big city girl's small town boyfriend's ghost dad? And you could put, take all the bloopers from Lord of the Rings and just put that motherfucker right in that movie. And then, oops, she's under the mistletoe with Christopher Lee's ghost. They're smooching. JD, get the fuck out of the studio and go pitch that to the Hallmark Channel right now. I'm gone, bro. See you See later. Ya. This song's a joke, right? No, dumbass. It sounds like Orson Welles reading Shakespeare. Except it's a Christmas carol with electric guitars underneath. Sorry, Orson Welles reading Dickens. (laughs) Uh, Guys, I want to warn you about the upcoming holiday season. Too much of all that holiday sweetness is going to give you diabetes of the soul. You're going to need a palate cleanser. Let's... Let's listen to more of this sweet fucking guitar here. Ah. <laughs> You're gonna need a palate cleanser like this guitar. Uh, other than the bourbon you spiked your mold cider with, you're gonna need this palate cleanser. You need to vent your holiday angst with a wild ride to the dark side. You don't need bad Santa too, you need bad Santa squared. <laughs> you need your dick and balls in the mouth of Holly. She's this groupie we know. Well, oh, it's right, that's, yeah, it's super, super forced too. I don't know. It's super forced yeah, pun. That's a lot to get in. Hand balls? It's like deck the halls with boughs of holly. I see. Wordplay, gentlemen. Yeah. Well, guys, fret ye not and be of good fear. Upgrades in automation at Santa's workshop have allowed for more efficient processing of elves into Christmas cheer. Hats enchanted with black magic are raising an army of undead snowmen. Your extended family is roasting on an open fire. Fuck. The children are hung from the chimney with care. And it's time to slay some reindeer. This is Power Carols, a heavy metal Christmas. Yeah. Wow. He paints quite the uh, picture, doesn't he? Yeah, with words. With words. 
Hello, people. This is the Beyond Yacht Rock podcast, the only podcast on the whole internet that creates musical genres and counts down the best songs of that genre from 10 to 1. My name is J.D. Riznar. Over there, hot on Christmas, is... Hollywood Steve, captain this week. This fellow over there with a big old smile on his face. Hey, I'm David Lyons. Hello and welcome. And the guy frowning. Meh. Aw. Ah, it's Hunter. What a Grinch. Meh. We are the inventors of the term Yacht Rock, and because we invented that term and we know you guys love Yacht Rock music so much, we throw a bone to Yacht Rock every week. This song is by Brenda Russell, and it's called Hello People. This song is my current Yacht Rock jam. Because of its incessant, unchanging beat, you can listen to it on a loop and feel like you're listening to a song that lasts all eternity. And it should. It's hookless and chorusless, yet I can't get it out of my head. And what makes this song such an earworm, well, most of all, it's the powerful, flawless performance by the underappreciated Brenda Russell. Still kicking myself that we missed her on the Women of Yacht episode, but because she's one of the, the yachtiest women out there. I can't believe we missed this. She it's might, great. She might be the queen of Yacht Rock. Hey, there's nothing stopping us from doing another episode. I agree. That's true. I'd love to do another one. I really enjoyed that one. Uh, but this song was also, it was written by Brenda with little help from a goofball we like to call Michael McDonald. A lot of people like to call him Michael McDonald. <laughs> his mom, his dad, his family. Mm-hmm. Not only did he co-write it, but he also plays the synth, the Fender Rhodes electric piano, and he also programmed the Lynn drum machine, giving us that non-stop robot beat and... The sweet hand claps you hear throughout the song. And if you show me a song sung by a woman like Brenda Russell that Michael McDonald programmed hand claps for, I will show you my dick. I will show it to you whether you like it or not. It's it's true, I will. They're not going to know whether they like it or not until you show it to them, though. That's true. In fairness. It will be a not. If this song were woman, though, I would fuck it. There's not a woman on the planet who could make me cheat on my wife, but if this song had a female form, I would not be able to resist. Even if it had a male form, I would be like, where do I suck, bro? I love you. Strong, strong sentiments. And very valid. I like this song. We talked about this song a little bit on Yacht Soul. This is off Brenda's Super Yachty Two Eyes album. Which <laughs> I love the name of that album. Two hey, Two Eyes. <laughs> uh, somebody, that nerd. Does, somebody that doesn't wear glasses. Somebody who, the nerd who got contacts. Hey, hey Two Eyes, awesome, perfect woman. Hey. Um, but it has that Al Jarreau tribute song on it. There's instruments by David Foster, Paulino da Costa. It's produced by Al Schmidt, who was Steely Dan's engineer. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Well, listen, he's the guy who probably said, hey, maybe we should bump up Michael McDonald's background vocals on Peg a little bit. Maybe that'll sound good. I actually looked it up, and he drove the train that Steely Dan was on for their tour. Oh, really? Yeah, that kind of engineer. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I feel comfortable putting almost every song on that album... Uh, <laughs> it's a really dumb I'm joke. Laughing, it's so hard at that. It's joke. so good. But every album on two, every song on two eyes, I'd put uh, almost every one. I'd put above fifty on the Yatsky scale. And the point is, if you see Brenda's two eyes at the vinyl store, pick it up. And if you have a teeny penis, fuck that center hole. It's worth it. Trust me. Or you just cut a bigger hole, and after you sex up your record, you can play it on the forty-five RPM adapter. Hmm. That's oh true. yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, shall we learn more about what 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 the heck power ballads are? Yeah, power carols. power carols. Sorry, we know what power ballads are. Now, to me, 
Yes, JD. <laughs> power carols are Christmas songs sung by heavy metal bands. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, basically. Okay, let's get to the countdown. All right, yeah. good hey, job, okay. guys. I do. I want to talk about this intro song a little bit though okay. that we're listening to in the in the intro section. Uh, this is Ronnie James Dio and Tony Iommi from Black Sabbath uh, doing "God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen." Uh, this usually shows up on every internet list of the best heavy metal Christmas songs. Uh, it's got amazingly heavy riffs from Tony and. I love to hear the relish with which Ronnie James utters the name Satan in this traditional carol, uh, and also how menacing he makes the concept of comfort and joy seem. Yeah. <laughs> right, right there. <laughs> it sounds like a it sounds like a funeral for merry gentlemen. <laughs> yes, it's God. They're resting. God is resting their souls because this they're is dead. this has got to be when they were in Black Sabbath together, right? No, this was. I think this was pretty well after. Oh, right. yeah. Do this you is... want to get together and record a Christmas song with me, Tommy? All right. <laughs> Let me put on my fake fingers so I can play me guitar. This is actually when they ran out of their money from Black Sabbath. Ah. Oh. Yeah, this is after all those years of uh, non-Dio, non-Ozzy lead singers. Uh, anyway, I did not put this or the Christopher Lee song in the countdown because once people figured out that heavy metal Christmas carols was a good gimmick, you know, metal versions of those songs, those those holiday staples became a dime a dozen, and I want to spotlight the metal bands who bothered to write their own Christmas originals. Thank God there's enough of them. This is a sweet countdown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, well... Hunter, what are you dreaming about? I'm dreaming of a black metal Christmas. Yeah, I wish there was one. I'm still thinking about JD's dick. Not a lot to think about. Shall we count them down? Let's do it. Let's count them down. Ten. Now, right off the bat, I'm bending my rule about only (laughs) counting down originals for this death metal cover of We Three Kings. Partly because it was retitled Earthen Kings and the lyrics were rewritten to be about the birth of Azrael, the angel of death. Uh, But also, partly just because I wanted to spotlight the five song EP this came from, Death Metal Christmas. By a guy whose name I had no idea how to pronounce. If you if you if you pronounce it phonetically, it would be JJ Hrubovcak. H R U B O V C A K. I found an interview with him. It's Rubovcak. It's Rubovcak. Ah, it's it's very good that you're you're on the podcast, JD. Uh-huh. You and your all of your Eastern European heritage. I do research, and this is Scandinavian. But I just all I did was go <laughs> in on YouTube and found an interview, and he pronounced his name. Rebobcek. See, I went I went on the on YouTube and I looked for an interview with his brother. His brother Mike sings the lead vocals on this song. Mike wow. Rubovcek. Rebobcek. Rebobcek. Uh, Mike Rebobcek is the lead singer of the death metal bands Vile and Monstrosity. Hmm. Uh, Monstrosity is best known for starting the career of Cannibal Corpse lead singer George Corpse Grinder Fisher. You uh, you know why they call him that? Why do they call him that, Dave? It's a dating app he invented for uh, necrophiliacs. <laughs> <laughs> True story. You can you can go home now. You've done your work. <laughs> you have you have Crack mission it. accomplished. Crack Dave. A beer. Mission accomplished. Uh, I found an interview with Mike on YouTube, and 
the old, like, the guy who was interviewing him was just like, hey, I'm here with Mike from Monstrosities. I was like, fuck you, thanks for nothing. But JD, you, you came through in a pitch. Uh, JJ, JJ Robovchek, is uh, the bass player in the death metal band Hate Eternal, which is led by uh, former Morbid Angel guitarist Eric Rutan. And on Death Metal Christmas, the EP, JJ plays all the instruments himself. It's kind of like the time you guys were sick and we did the podcast and did all your voices by myself. I'll let you as the audience figure out which one it was. It was the O'Sherry episode. <laughs> like we could get a word in on that one. <laughs> uh, uh, anything else? Uh, uh, so because I'm because I couldn't figure out how to pronounce this guy's name, I was reminded uh, Cubs Cubs legendary broadcaster Harry Carey used to do a bit where he tried to figure out how a guy's last name would be pronounced backwards, even though half the time he wasn't able to pronounce the guy's name going forwards. So my tribute to Harry Carey is, is right now. Probovchek spelled backwards would be. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm there. glad we still get to hear yeah. shit about the Cubs. But yeah, <laughs> it's never going to stop, Dave. By the way, this Death Metal Christmas, the EP, can be purchased for a mere $6 if you go to deathmetalchristmas.bandcamp.com. Wow, seems, uh, seems a little pricey. Yeah, we're doing a rerun by our old friend Ron Estrada. Yeah, thank you, Ron. I love these. Ron the Sandwich, big Cubs fan. All right, time to scamper. (laughs) All right, this is... Welcome uh, to Christmas. This is Trans-Siberian Orchestra with Wizards in Winter. Uh, These guys are sort of the Mannheim steamroller of power carols. Uh, They're far and away the most commercially successful of any of these endeavors because... Doing heavy metal Christmas songs is their reason for being. It's not just a one-off novelty project. Uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra was the brainchild of Paul O'Neill. Oh, the baseball player? Yeah, the first baseman for no, the Yankees. Not, he was no, famous. he was the right fielder for the oh. world champion oh. Yankees. No, he wasn't. He was a first baseman. Oh, I think they moved him to first base late in his career. Oh, okay. But that's, and that's yeah. who we're talking about right now. Yeah. Yeah. He's get the guy, or... and he no, started this, this band. This yeah. Paul O'Neill is an old prog rocker oh. who uh, failed as a prog rocker, got into management and promotion. Uh, he wound up producing most of the best work by the Florida power metal band Sabotage, <laughs> which is what happens when someone commits an act of sabotage that's especially savage. <laughs> uh, you, listen, you can't go wrong with the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. It's the best Christmas music on the planet. But is it metal? Yes. Yes. Here, here's just how I will explain Just because there's jingle bells in it doesn't mean it's not metal. Wait, but isn't this the band that, like, accountants and, like, parrot heads and suburbanites, like, take their families to go see and pay a lot of money to go because, to a fancy because, yes, music Yes, because they put on very elaborate concerts with lots of, like, laser lights and shit. And to answer your question, Dave, this this particular metal style is uh, symphonic metal, which is elaborately arranged, kind of progged up metal with a good amount of pseudo-classical pomp and melodrama. It's a close relative of power metal, which, like power pop, is generally one of the least powerful subgenres <laughs> in its chosen field. I'm glad you walked me through that. I could not have put that together with the context clues of symphonic metal. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a lot of... Uh, uh, puffy shirts with frilly sleeve endings in this uh, particular genre. 
Yeah, cool. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about Trans-Siberian Orchestra. They debuted in 96, uh, three years after original Sabotage guitarist Chris Oliva was killed by a drunk driver. Uh, his brother, Everybody dies in Steve's shows. Yeah, it's, okay. There's, uh, a lot of, there's a lot of great uh, dead musicians out there. Uh, Chris's brother John kept the band going in his memory. Uh, he and Paul O'Neill rebuilt a new lineup, pretty much all of whom wound up in Trans-Siberian Orchestra. And this 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 new holiday theme project was much more commercially successful than Sabotage ever was. Uh, like I said, they put on really elaborate live concerts they can charge a lot of money for. And by 2001, all those guys were basically like, fuck it, let's just do this. We're paying the bills finally. Um, this song's ending. Do we want to keep talking about it? Do we have yeah, more we to a, say? Yeah, we got a little bit more to yeah, say. Because let started. me tell you something. These guys did pay the bills. My wife wanted me to buy... She wanted to buy me tickets for a Christmas present once at Trans-Siberian <laughs> Orchestra because she knows how much I love them. But it was like a $100 tickets for a show to be enjoyed half-ironically. <laughs> and I love her that she wound up making the choice not to buy them. But anyone who knows how to score me some free tickets to a tranny show, let me know, and my children's college education will thank you. Got to go see really? that tranny show. Depends JD. what uh, mm-hmm. show you want to see. I looked I looked it up. They're playing Tuesday, December 27th mm-hmm. at 3.30 p.m. in Ontario, California. Tickets are only 56 bucks. I'll be rocking the Twin Cities that day, bro. Uh, well, you can see them again at their 7.30 show. <laughs> I'll make it back in time. <laughs> again, I question their metal cred. Well, if you listen to Sabotage, they have plenty of metal cred. Sabotage. I've been wanting to. (laughs) Sabotage. I've been wanting to correct them the entire time. (laughs) It's Sabotage. And here's what really pisses me off. 56 bucks to see them in Ontario, California. Only 26 bucks to see them in Arkansas. No, what the? That's some bullshit, right? They get everything good in Arkansas. Presidents everybody, and everything. Everybody always says that about Arkansas. <laughs> All right, anything else on this song, Steve? Uh, trans, uh, there's, there's one other song you might know probably from Trans-Siberian Orchestra. It was from 96. It was a single called Christmas Eve, Sarajevo, 1224. It's kind of a symphonic metal medley of familiar Christmas melodies. It first appeared on the Sabotage album Dead Winter Dead, and that track is the second most downloaded holiday song of all time, behind only J.D. Riznar's number one Sex Me Up. Oh, All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey. That is correct. That's a great song. Yeah. Why isn't that on the list? Because it's not metal. But isn't White Christmas the number one single of all time? Yes, but we're only talking downloads. Downloads. This is only the digital age. Got it. I'm all caught up now. Weird Weird fact, White Christmas has never been downloaded. Huh. Yeah, only old people like it. Nobody on the internet likes Bing Crosby. Uh, Wizards in Winter, you'll know from a viral video made the rounds like 10 years ago where this electrical engineer in Ohio synchronized all the Christmas lights on his house to flash in time with that, this track. This oh. suburban house. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, it wound up in like a Miller Lite commercial yeah. and it's used in all sorts of advertising shit now, corporate training videos. Paid for his trip to Margaritaville. <laughs> all right, we're ready to move on? Yeah, ready to move on. I got through my fun facts. Eight. That's all you got to do for bumpers, folks. Send them in. We it's need easy. more. Yeah. It's easy. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this has a long intro. I've yeah. got a chill. Yeah. <laughs> go, go, don't wait for it to start. Read your facts. Oh, you were talking. Oh. 
Okay, all right, so this is uh, this is another one from the kingdom of uh, symphonic power metal. Uh, this is Sonata Arctica from Finland. And there's a narrator with a thick Finnish accent uh, telling you about Santa Claus, and he's uh, claiming Lapland, not the North Pole. I'll go into the Santa music. Claus's actual home. Here we go. Okay. Yeah, there we go. It's, it's a very long song. Uh, it's called Christmas Spirits. And it's a story about how Santa's elves broke into his liquor cabinet one year Ooh. and almost didn't get all the toys made for uh, Christmas. Almost? Almost. Uh, and I think Santa had to interfere at the end or something. I can't remember the exact uh, narrative. Uh, this song is seven minutes long, not just because there's narration at the beginning and end, but also later in the song, there is a whole fuck ton of drunken elf dancing music. <laughs> Music like this gives me hope that all music will sound like this one day. Symphonic metal will take over the planet. You're, you're absolutely right. This is the sound of a nuclear winter. And we're only a few years away from that, everybody. It's, it's already taken over the Aryan portions of Europe. Guess we have something to thank Trump for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Christmas all the time. <laughs> for you uh, and your other head. Nuclear. 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 Sonata Arctica. Do some facts about them. They started out as a hard rock band called Tricky Beans. They wanted, they wanted to play a mix of Megadeth and the Spin Doctors. What? Luckily, they didn't. Um, they have a bunch of albums, and I don't know their catalog well enough to tell you which one is the best. Wait, you know, there's wait. a very jolly chorus right now. A mix of Megadeth and the Spin Doctors. I don't know is, how that would is work. Is there anything other than uh, Two Princes by the Spin Doctors? <laughs> yeah. Do, uh, you would know, you have uh, to be familiar with more of their catalog to get to get their ironic performance? Little Miss Can't Be Wrong. Yeah. yeah there oh, you go. There you go. You know, yeah. uh, you know where their name Tricky Beans comes from? No. It's a game you play at a party where you and your buddies try to grab as many dudes' balls uh, over the course of the night. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of the opposite of that old party game, Elbow Tit. I never played that game, Dave. Yeah, never played that. Were you on the rugby team or something? No, I was anti-Elbow Tit, so I played Tricky Beans. Whatever, bro. You were playing Elbow Tit. You know it, you piece no, of garbage, I'm, I'm a tricky, man. I'm a Tricky Beans dude. Yeah, you are. You are <laughs> Tricky Beans. So have fun at your holiday party this year, folks, with Tricky Beans. And then afterwards, chop that fish. For those of you who stay up till dawn, um, I've listened to so, so, uh, what is, Sonica Sonata Arctica. Arctica. Sonata Arctica. I've listened to I listened to them a few years back. I just like put a bunch of their albums together and put them on shuffle. So I can't tell you which of their albums is the best, but I can tell you that they are all equally the best. <laughs> they, yeah, there's not a lot. Of, there's not a ton of variety in the uh, in the epic symphonic metal uh, sound. No. Uh, but Finland, as a country, they have a very thriving, diverse heavy metal scene. Uh, you got power metal bands like this, uh, symphonic metal, melodic death metal, depressing goth metal, with a local subgenre known as suicide metal, which is a big problem in a country with this much winter and Arctic darkness. Uh, there's folk metal, which you can hear a little of later in this track with the when the elves start dancing. Uh, there's multiple bands in Finland, I want everybody to know this, that are dedicated to fusing heavy metal with Finnish-style polka. And there's also, of course, Lordi, the Kiss Meets Guar band, who 
won Finland's first ever championship in the Eurovision Song Contest. Check out that Finland heavy metal, guys. Give yourselves a treat. Does Finland have have them murder bands, the bands that murder people? No, that's mostly Norway. Okay. Mostly Norway. They burn churches. Mostly Norway. There was one band in Sweden called Dissection where uh, the guy, like, killed somebody and went to jail. That doesn't sound like a murder band, though. And we had he didn't lo- kill his own bandmate like they do in Norway. We have a lot of fans in those areas. I, yes, I we believe, do. I believe there's a correlation to that. Hey, guten Sweden, everyone in Sweden. Guten and Sweden. Happy and Norway and Finland. It's all the same. There goes our fans. Funny Norway Sweden story, real quick. My my wife's grandfather is of Swedish descent, and his, her grandmother is from of Norwegian descent, and they're both named Anderson, and their families were pissed off when they married each other because <laughs> they're from different backgrounds. My great grandmother is from an island in between Sweden and Finland that has been owned by both countries. Oh, fun fact. Oh, whose son are they? What's their last name? Great grandmother, uh, Ophelia Gustafson. No, they're Gustafson. Gustafson. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, do I hear the darkness singing? You do, JD. Yeah. Why? I was delighted in the course of researching this episode to find that the darkness had released a Christmas single in 2003, back during their very short-lived prime when I was really into them. Like, I loved that first album. I thought it was a damn shame that they got addicted to drugs, like on, on the first album. Like, I want well, at least wait a couple more records. Like, if you're gonna. I ironically send up all sorts of cock rock cliches it's important to understand that even if you're snorting buckets of cocaine ironically you'll still get addicted to cocaine steve i'm happy to announce that the darkness now has a total of four albums one of which was released in 2015 much wow. to my recent surprise and it includes a song that i'll talk about in uh, the what songs did we miss holy shit i gotta check all of this out uh, this this here is a lovely little song. It sounds surprisingly sincere when it hits the chorus, but it still has plenty of their their you know their trademark tongue-in-cheek attitude. Uh, the opening line is feigning joy and surprise at the gifts we despise, which pretty much sums up what it was like to visit my paternal grandmother. That's a rest your soul. A great line. I love yeah. the darkness so much. I did too. My so wife went down the uh, aisle to uh, a darkness song. Oh yeah, which one? Uh, uh, a thing called love. Get your hands off of my woman, motherfucker. <laughs> I think it was, I think it was, I believe in a thing called. Oh, okay. You guys were all there. No. Yeah. I was there, but like, yeah, we were having so much fun in the limo, I wasn't there. Right. Know? And Hunter wore the wrong shoes and ruined the entire day. Fuck you, man, Hunter. What I, I hate. It's what I do. Also in the lyrics to this song, <laughs> i get back to the song here. Uh give a nice little shout out to Boxing Day because they're British, they're a British band. Uh, family tradition on, uh, short-lived family tradition on Boxing Day. My soccer-playing brothers used to wake up at the ass crack of dawn on Boxing Day so you could watch the full day's worth of English Premier League footballing action and they would make sure everyone else in the family had a proper English breakfast awaiting them. And usually we would pair it all with a delectable founder's breakfast stout now available in stores everywhere. 
Nice family you got there, Steve. Yeah, it's great. Delightful personal anecdote. We have fun. My dad would punch me in the face in Boxing Day, and he'd laugh, and he'd go, Boxing Day, get it? Ha, ha, ha. I love Steve's personal stories because they're riveting. Right, they are. Remember when he tried to get a cat drunk, but it didn't work? <laughs> that was the only one. Yeah, that's that was good. me. It was me and my friend Jeff. Um, what do I want to say? Oh, this song is called Christmas Time, Don't Let the Bells End, and I want to remind everybody that uh, Bell End is a dick joke. I it, did not know that. I'm glad um, you did this research. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's it's a penis in jolly old England. That's what they call it, a bell end, because uh, at the end of a rock hard uh, fuck hose, it resembles the shape of a bell. So perhaps that's how um, Unleashed Gene Meat got the numb to plume dingling. You know, I think it's actually from the bell clapper, because you forget that most English dudes aren't typically circumcised. So it kind of looks more like you're pulling on a turtleneck that split second before you pull it over your head. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. So the clapper, the part yeah. that dings. Ding dong, ding dong, yeah. ding dong, ding dong. That was good, guys. Yeah, we should open a detective agency. <laughs> dick detectives. <laughs> Private dicks. Odin! This is number six. Odin! Odin! Yes. <laughs> All right, let's get back to some death metal. Let's let Scandinavia kick a little more ass than the Drunken Elf song. This is Sweden's own Amon Amarth, a melodic death metal band known for their lyrical obsession with Vikings achieving glory in battle. This song is Viking Christmas. It's about how even warlike Vikings are powerless to escape the brutal fucking magic of Christmas time. And that's how they reconcile this with their usual year-round worship of Odin. Doesn't Christmas post-date Vikings? Yeah, see, it's it's a, it's a whole thing. They they have to they have to really jump through a few into intellectual hoops to, to justify this. Uh, what a nice way of saying it. Speaking of another hoop, the, the first way, the first hoop is that metal fans will love a Christmas song. <laughs> also, this I knew I heard this name before, Amon Amar. Uh, I couldn't put my f- finger on it. I thought maybe it was like a Lovecraft or Warcraft, one of the crafts. Right, something, right, right. Something. But then it hit me. It's the name of Mount Doom in the, in the oh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Oh. I saw it on the map once, so this is technically Hobbit Rock that well, we're listening to right you now. you can have Lord of the Rings references in your bands without actually singing about them. So I feel you have to sing about it to actually be Hobbit Rock. Uh, they pretty much only sing about Vikings. So Vikings, uh, named after Lord of the Rings, they're Vikings. Mm-hmm. And they're singing about Christmas. It's crazy. Yeah. These crazy. guys, these wacky guys. Yeah. Well, listen, this music is sweet. I don't know how they prefer their beef prepared in Sweden, but I can tell from this song, they like it served red hot. Well, there's a verse that explains this. Uh, it's uh, where, uh, raw meat and wild berries, goat milk and sticky mead. I'm just going to read this because you can't understand the lyrics in death metal anyway. Uh, those are the Vikings' culinary desires. But when Christmas is drawing near, we switch to a very different diet, uh, which turns out to be roast and gingerbread. Red hot beef. I thought they'd like their beef stroganoff. No, there. that's Russia. Scandinavia is not really big fans of Russia. Check that beef stroganoff. I looked it up. They like it stroganoff. They like their meat ground into meatballs because they're yeah. Swedish. Yeah, Swedish meatballs. Red hot. I want to talk about the culinary links between the Vikings and Christmas. According to Amon Amarth lead singer Johan Hegg, uh, the Swedish tradition of the Christmas ham is linked to the Norse legend of, I'm going to butcher this, 
say Rimnir, the magical boar. I didn't find an interview with him. No, I I couldn't find an interview with Say Rimnir either. Uh, He's the magical boar who is slaughtered every night in Valhalla Uh, to feed the gods and warriors there. And he's brought back to life to repeat the next day into all eternity. Luckily... I know you guys are thinking about this. I there am. will never be so many people in Valhalla that that beast's flesh will be insufficient to feed them. Interestingly, Odin, the great god, the great king of the gods, refuses all food except for wine and gives all his portions to his pet wolves. Wait, before we're done here, you have other funny lyrics to read. There's nothing I love more than funny lyrics. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, the other verse I wanted to read was... Uh, Officially, we despise any of those Christian customs, but in secrecy, we can't flee the Christmas spell. I bet you can't imagine how sentimental we can be. Five bearded Vikings reenact the nativity scene. And unfortunately, they did not make a video for this song. Oh my god! To show that we should make a video. Three bearded fellows and and another one that homeless men mistake for a woman. That sounds Viking to me. That's yeah, pretty Viking. I've got, I've got I'm three very, swords. I'm very and, uh, fair-skinned. I've got three swords and some fur shorts. Oh, let's do it. <laughs> Should we show our dicks in the video? Absolutely. Probably. He said he had three swords. Yeah. Uh, yeah we'll do a little, little uh, tip oh, oh, oh. Before we move on, I want to note real quick, there's an internet rumor that this song was recorded by a different unnamed band as a parody of Amana Marth, <laughs> but this was impossible for me to confirm or disprove. <laughs> So this, so this tactic, this might not be them. Yeah. This is credited almost everywhere as being a Monomarth, but there was a rumor on like a couple forums. But there's that a it touch wasn't. of a mystery. Yeah. <laughs> we do have a lot of fans in a Sweden. Cr- so a Christmas tree. Uh, this is a Christmas mystery. Please tweet us. And let us know. Amana Marth, if you're listening, email us at beyondyachtrock at gmail.com. Let us know if this sounds a hoax or no. All right. There we go. There we go. Well, what started as uh, Dave's Buffett revenge on JD. That's right. It became a journey down the Mississippi River. That's right, the mighty Mississippi, the old miss, the old man. Deep River. I like how they call it Mississippi for short. We we ended up here in Mississippi, and I found a man with a jug and a dream. This is Gus, Gus Cannon and his jug stompers playing JD's favorite oldie time music with the song here, Walk Right In. Uh, let's see. Gus Cannon. Let's talk about him. He was also known as Banjo, <laughs> Banjo, Banjo Joe. Joe. Yeah. Oh, wait, can I say something real fast? I like this early time music because it's authentic. Oh. It's from the it's from the dirt pits of the poor South. You just don't like it when David Lee Roth does it. Yeah. Uh, so Banjo Joe uh, was born in Red Bank, Mississippi in 1883 on a plantation. He uh, moved to the hometown of W.C. Handy, father of the blues. What town was that? Inventor of the Handy. Uh, (laughs) uh, I don't know. I didn't write it down. I don't want to get that specific. And taught himself uh, how to play, uh, Gus Cannon taught himself how to play a banjo made of, and I'm not shitting you. Get this. A frying pan and some raccoon skin. Mm -hmm. That's right. Uh, then he that learned is to, down home. <laughs> then, yeah. he, then he learned to play the fiddle and began a career as an entertainer, often touring with medicine shows. 
I mean, think, yeah. think about that. Gus is sitting around his Mississippi shit shack. He's like, man, I need a banjo. I guess I'm going to have to build one. What do I have here after this delicious raccoon dinner I just fried up? <laughs> Thank God I saved the skin. Ah, here we go. Never know when that'll come in handy. Ah. <laughs> I had no idea. So the coon skin was so stretchy. Yeah, that's why they made hats out of it. Uh-huh. I guess. Yeah, yeah. grow into it. Uh, but as uh, but eventually he caught jug fever and hopped as on we that. We all do. Yeah, hopped on that trolley. <laughs> Here's the thing. I did learn at the time there was jug band fever going around in the U.S. <laughs> he it, he he wasn't creating it. He jumped on that bandwagon. Yeah. He jumped on that trolley to jug stardom. I think the Grateful Dead started out as a jug band cover outfit, basically. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, some fun facts about Gus Cannon. He was in the movie Hallelujah, directed by King Vidor in 1929. Very important director in film. And a few years later, recorded a record with Stax in 1963. He a lived, few years later. He lived, in not, lived to be 96 and died in 1979. Uh, Mississippi, everybody. That's That's Mississippi. Also, Elvis is from there. Yeah. Well, and also, uh, I've never heard of a blacker guy. Than this uh, Cannon fellow. Well, that's the, that's and, that's and, the interesting thing. And here's and then this song got covered <laughs> yeah. by the, the whitest by the whitest people ever. Uh, they, this they, is the they, rooftop they, singers covering this song. I'll, I'll get to where they start singing. This is incredible. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is what Christopher Guest was making fun of. In, oh my uh, God. A Mighty Wind. This song makes me laugh. Yeah, this is a uh, folk revival. Yeah. So what started as a uh, what started as a guys. This is authentic music. Let's do it. <laughs> what started as a uh, as a as revenge on JD. I think uncovered a new genre mm-hmm. called the whiteout, mm-hmm. yeah. where you take some of the blackest music ever made and just and just white put a nice hop to it everybody let's get in there and let's really do a good job with this this is a bit lively fellow let's put some swing in this and the opposite is blackout where a black a black singer or group or band covers makes a song better it makes a yeah. song better than a white puts, person puts made some a soul hit. into yeah. it yeah. uh fun fact about um, about old Gus uh, he was so broke right before this song came out he had to pawn his banjo to uh keep his heat on and then this song came out, and he made a whole lot of The money. raccoon banjo? Was no, this a raccoon I, banjo? No, he still had that. Well, he could just make another one of those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> true. <laughs> you can live so off sad. the land with that. Yeah. He could have kept selling them. He would have been a millionaire. But this was this was a boon to him and uh, helped him out. So, so it's, it's not, not all true. bad. Yeah, it's no. not all it's bad. Only, it's only creatively bad. All right, who else is from Mississippi? Uh, did we say Elvis? Uh, a Elvis. shit ton of Delta Blues singers. And Elvis. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, plug hole. Oh, we're going to yell that for that. Oh, I'm from Mississippi. I'm from Mississippi. <laughs> There's so many indie bands from Mississippi that you're forgetting. I'm not listening to this podcast anymore. Oh, man. I wish everybody could see JD's extremely offensive hand motions. Oh, man. It's like a Trump speech up there. It, it, sta- <laughs> it started as a, as a joke about how we were going to get letters, and now we're going to get even more letters. <laughs> People are going to write us letters. Hey, Jackson. from Mississippi. Ja- yeah. you, you folks in Jackson, we love you. You guys are a big send, city. Send your letters to the P.O. box. Um, okay, so T-shirts for sale. Get your Beyond Rock t 
t-shirt, be on our t-shirts. Go to yachtrock.com and click on merch booth for your t-shirt. Or click on t-shirts and you go to merch booth and you'll find t Listen, you can pre-order out of stock sizes, but we're not shipping until we get a bunch of orders, so be patient if you do order an out of stock size. It may be a while. We're not good businessmen. But those of you who, who um, ordered out of stock sizes before December, they're coming. You may have them already. Probably not, but you get them soon. Here's the thing, everybody. But they're, they're premium t-shirts. Premium. Yeah. Premium, premium t-shirts. And we're, lo- we're losing money. We're out losing, but okay. we're-, we're not gaining yeah. a lot of money, so we have to make sure we all we ship them bulk style. Yeah. But if you order stuff that's in stock, you're going to get it real quick. I'm real quick on that. Um, also, listen for uh, Dave and I interviewed on World Cafe on uh, Net- on public radio. I don't know when yeah. or where that'll be on. Yeah. I don't know if it's out yet, but I don't think so. it may be out by the time this uh, drops. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, listen to the listen to the mini sode of Steve and I making fun of you guys for being on that without us. Oh well. Oh yeah. Let's. let's but here's the that thing: next. we were all going to be on, and then they were they, last minute. They yeah. were like, "Hey, um, this is uh, the public radio producer. We feel like four voices is going to be too confusing, so There's we only well, have maybe, maybe two of you. Actually... But we definitely want JD." what they said it's true yeah i got the exactly like that yeah i think unspoken in that is that we're all four white guys from michigan who some people can't tell apart it's crazy i get confused me and you steve are the ones that i get confused the most about on the Mm. podcast i sometimes confuse steve and hunter um yeah my sweet dulcet tones uh really stand out when When i'm the captain i I try to go a little higher a little higher up there when i'm talking so you guys might know know who the captain is this week yeah i try to do that i go a little lower you get amped up uh oh and here's a, this podcast has already dropped and if you haven't checked it out already check it out these sweet dudes dan and dan interviewed hunter steve and and i and uh not dave no not check dave. check out my mini-sode where i just sit and get facts wrong because <laughs> i wasn't on the show uh but that's a good they're good ones we got interviewed a lot recently yeah. and, uh, the, the dan and dan music podcast from you can go to at, a public at, radio station in philly at dd music podcast on twitter Oh, I looked it up. Oh, thank you very Find much. Find all those links. Oh, Let's get out of this plug hole and get back to the countdown. Yeah. Hey, Ocean City Defender, thanks for the bet. I love yeah, you. Thanks, pal. It's five. <laughs> oh, Ron. I dig that, dude. I love that, Ron. More bumpers from Ron. Yeah. Ron, this is not that hard, Ron. Yeah. Come on, He gave us those Cubs bumpers. We want more. We want a countdown bumpers from Ron. Late. Yeah. Late. Give us, use your powers for good. No more Cubs bumpers. (laughs) He did use his powers for good. He gave us Cubs bumpers. Fuck you. Hey, guys. It's Typo Negative with one of the few heavy metal Christmas songs on this countdown that appeared as part of an official album as opposed to a one-off single or like EP side project. So Uh, these guys had balls is what you're saying. That's yes. They just put a fucking Christmas song on a regular album, (laughs) which was 1996's October Rust. It was the follow-up to their MTV breakthrough album Bloody Kisses. This is uh, Red Water, subtitled Christmas Morning, M-O-U-R-N. 
again morning. Uh, the title, the main title, refers to the bottle of wine that the singer is using to drown all of his holiday sorrows. Oh, that's holiday so- sorrows. Holiday sorrows I sure th- is the correct pronunciation of that phrase. Sure, it's not water with food coloring in it because that, it could be just water with food coloring, red water. Or blood. Ooh. Oh, it could be blood. That's, it would be very, very goth. Or cherry juice. Yeah. If it was Michigan. Cherry wine. That's a Michigan thing. Yeah. yeah. Traverse City cherry wine. Yeah, it's delicious. It's good. There's a there's a winery in Muskegon. I don't know if it's still there, but they make just all sorts of wines out of fruit, and they're all good. They got me college drunk. You know how you can't get college drunk anymore when you drink, you know? <laughs> yeah. You don't get that yeah. buzz anymore? Yeah. I drank a bottle of that wine. I got college drunk. Wow. Muskegon's wine. <laughs> Muskegon <laughs> College drunk. drunk. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, the produce of Michigan. Help our economy, please. Uh, Typo negative was they were kind of like what the darkness did for glammed up cock rock. Typo negative was kind of uh, they embraced and made fun of all the cliches of goth metal kind of at the same time. Nobody in the band would really be confused for a virtuoso instrumentalist, but they had a surprisingly good sense of melody, and that plus their sense of humor made them one of the most fun, super depressing bands to listen to, I thought. Hey, real quick, can I tell you guys the least depressing part of Christmas? What's that? Is that Santa is real, and you get all those presents for your kids for free. Oh, that really comes in handy for you. Yeah, it's great. I, I, I haven't, I, you know, I haven't had any kids, so I'm not up on this. Yeah, you this deal. They, they fool you that Santa's fake. Then you grow up, and you find out he's real, and you don't have to spend hundreds of dollars on presents for your kids. It's great. Oh, that's fantastic. I gotta let my, I gotta, let, I gotta make sure my parents know about this, and my sister, who's got two kids of her own now. I gotta check in and make sure she's got the coupons. You find out when you buy all the presents the first oh. year, and uh, then, okay. and then you get double presents, and you're like, oh, he's real. You guys are killing me. Yeah. Because I really think we buried the lead on this song. Oh. Because there's something really important coming up. we got to hurry up and get to okay. it. Okay. 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 Uh, I'll go through. I, this song, you know, they've got some joke lines in here, like, the stockings are hung, but who cares? Great. Uh, Great. God damn you, merry gentlemen. Oh, perfect. Fighting satire. Yeah. Uh, but this song was actually inspired by the death of lead singer Peter Steele's father, and it was this was the first Christmas that Peter Steele spent without him. So underneath oh. that layer of ironic goth on the service, it actually is supposed to be insanely depressing. Oh man. Uh, I can't wait for the good part. Take away these blues. Okay, yeah. Okay, tell us this good part, Steve. Uh, So, Peter Steele uh, lived up to his porn alias name by posing nude for Playgirl magazine in 1995. The pictures are apparently very easy to find on the internet because my uh, chat app was flooded with them as soon as I mentioned this. Yeah, thank you for that, Hunter. Yeah, in 20... (laughs) You're welcome. <laughs> and uh, hey, 23% of our uh, audience uh, probably might be women, mm-hmm. just like Playgirls. Yeah, yeah. Peter yeah. Steele was later informed that Playgirls subscribers were about 23% women. Go enjoy that. All you other dudes out there, enjoy it also. Yeah. And I looked this up. Peter Steele is not his actual name. His actual last name is R A T A J C Z Y K. I'm going to guess Ratichek. I'm going to go with Ratashik. No. Okay. I, I 
I'm, I just, I'm just happy that there's a, at least one married gentleman of Polish descent on the show who's good with these uh, words of Eastern European uh, derivation. No, no, no. He said Mary, Dave. He said Mary. No, he said Mary. Oh, Mary? Yeah, he yeah, said not, uh, at least one married. At least one. Okay. Wait, well, are you are you part Polish? Half Polish. Oh, great. I'm and it's Radicek. I'm one quarter Czech, but I'm not familiar with these Polish names. So uh, everybody dies in Radicek. So when did this guy yeah, die? Yeah, Steve. Peter Steele also is dead now. He died of an aortic aneurysm in 2010. He was 48 years old. And fun fact, when I googled Peter Steele Playgirl to find the boner pictures, uh, the first link that came up was an article called Peter Steele Dead? Here's what his penis looked like. Yeah. And all the, all the boner pictures are him like he's got the boner like in a chokehold. Yeah. yeah. So that you know, he looks fat and erect. Yeah. And the dude is the dude is huge. And I don't I'm not talking about his gene meat. He's literally a big dude. He's six eight. This that guy. dude was six eight. Yeah, he's six Jesus, eight. Jesus, I thought he was swinging some pipe at five ten. <laughs> oh, I, th- I didn't think that was that impressive yeah. of a boner. Yeah. So. <laughs> well. <laughs> Wait, why not? Because it kind of looks like my boner. Really? Yeah. Maybe it's slightly bigger than my boner. All right. You hear that, everybody? 23% of our listening audience. <laughs> yeah. Check I've heard out. that really, really, that like, porn, porn size, like, John Holmes, Peter Steele-type dicks, it's very hard to get them fully erect because it takes so much blood. Peter Steele's dick is nothing like John Holmes' dick. Yeah, uh, John Holmes is 14 oh, and a half. It's a needle oh, yeah, compared right. to John Holmes. Oh, wait. Maybe that's what the song's about. It, it was, What's, it was, what no, Steve just pretty, said. Oh. All the blood it takes for erection. Speaking oh, of... Oh, yeah, you're right. Speaking of, uh, typo negative is known as the universal blood, mm-hmm. uh, but it's very rare. It's under 7% of people have yep. it. So anybody, you, any of you guys with typo negative, go out there and give blood. Save a life this Christmas. Hunter, you wrote a much better thing. You said give the gift of red water this Christmas morning. Oh, boy. Four? You folks at home could have seen the adorable face Hunter made when he went. <laughs> He's so cute. Yeah. He's so self-effacing. Guys, this is ACDC. Mistress for Christmas is another track from a legit album release. Uh, this is the one. This is from the Razor's Edge, aka the one that has thunderstruck. Uh, this song is about a rich were you, guy. Were you pausing for laughter? <laughs> no, I was pausing to swallow my saliva. <laughs> Thunderstruck. Oh, oh. oh witty. <clears throat> oh, here uh, we go. We'll be right back. Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. And and hold on. Thunderstruck. Oh, oh. boy, I'm really. Okay, well we'll get this back. Here we go. Sorry, Steve. Sorry. Should Steve. I just start this one over? No. No, it's good. There we go. This is it's a part of it's what makes our podcast adorable. Yeah, we don't we don't edit. Yeah. Ever. Obviously. Anyway, uh, this song is about a rich guy who wants to get a hot woman, maybe two, uh, dressed in red, maybe with a bow on for Christmas. And the fun fact I found is that Angus Young said in an interview that this song was written specifically about Donald Trump, oh, yes. who is now the president. Yeah, yes. well, he can grab any pussy he wants for Christmas now. And with Melania in New York, the White House is just going to be one pot-bellied Viagra fuck hut. <laughs> Congrats, America. Yeah, good good job. <laughs> I liked it better when we were talking about Peter Steele. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you guys should really Google that image. Yeah. Image? 
image is. There's yeah. lots of it. It was a whole photo shoot. I like the one where you don't see his dick, but he's got flowers over his dick. Yeah. Oh, yeah, roses, because like, goths like love roses because the roses have thorns. <laughs> well, I, like, I like the, the one where he's blood. choking the base of his dick. Looks like he's swinging there was like more a than one. There was more than one where he was choking the base of his dick. God, God bless him. Yeah. What a Christmas present. Great, major loss. Major yeah. loss. Yeah. All right, enough dick. about this guy. Major dick guy. Yeah. Enough about this dick but, guy. Hey, got a fun fact about the Razor's Edge. Uh, it contained ACDC's biggest hit on the Billboard pop charts, and it was not Thunderstruck. It was the number 23 hit, Money Talks, which could also have been written about President Donald Trump. Yeah, that's that song. Come on, come on, marry for the money! Did Donald Trump, Donald Trump must have married his dad. Uh, uh, this is, oh, I'm getting arrested right now. <laughs> this is the last great ACDC album. Yeah, pretty much. It was the right. last good one. I think one. it came out in 89. I think it was 90. 90? 90. 90. Yes. Yeah. But before uh, you go into that, it was also, like, they put out kind of three turds before There were some low points. Yeah. So yeah. people weren't really expecting. Right. A lo- they thought the last great ACDC album had already happened. Uh, I remember I had the CD long box, which for our younger listeners was an extremely wasteful way they used to sell CDs. Yeah, it was like a cardboard that uh, you have the CD in yeah. the top half, half and then the, half the size bottom of half an album. Was empty. I don't remember. Was that for shoplifting reasons or was it some bullshit album art argument? It was probably both, but either way, it was weird. And I'm glad we do it differently now where you immediately throw away the CD and, the, and then you start stealing music for free on Spotify and YouTube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Next song. Mistress for Christmas. It's a Hallmark Channel original. Oh, that would be a great Hallmark Channel. It really movie. would be. Three. I think it would be a kid who's trying to get his dad a new mom, a, a wife. He wants well, a new mom. Well, his dad is still married to his mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he brings in some harlot, a mistress. <laughs> Maybe he's got a shitty stepmom to make it a little less dark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mom didn't buy him the, the toy he wanted for Christmas or wouldn't, or wouldn't let him listen to ACDC. No, wait, mom is a high-powered career gal who doesn't know what's important in life. Yeah, you were creeping into lifetime territory. Yeah. Oh, and because of the mistress that comes around, mom gets back and loves dad, quits her job, becomes a housewife, like she should have been right. in the first place. Exactly. Uh, Trump, now we're back in the Hallmark really Channel. Trump, yeah. Trump's yeah. America. She wasn't really happy. Hey, guys, number three, it's Spinal Tap with Christmas with the Devil. Uh, most of these heavy metal Christmas songs are kind of funny or tongue-in-cheek anyway, so it makes sense that one of the best of them would come from a parody band. Uh, Spinal Tap recorded an early version of this song during their first go-round, released it as a single only in 1984, and they later recorded a new version for their 1992 comeback album, Break Like the Wind. I don't know about you guys, but I'm laughing hard right now. I mean, these, yeah. these jokesters have me on the floor. Mm-hmm. Spinal Tap, what a cr- that's, that's not a band name, that's a painful medical procedure. These guys are cards. <laughs> it's one that gives you a huge headache, too, afterwards. And a backache. Uh, and a sideache from all the laughing. Uh, <laughs> I got yeah. one right now. I got one right now. And I think the thing that's best about this is it's less funny than some of the straight metal bands on this countdown. Well, that's, the <laughs> beauty, less clever. that's the beauty of Spinal Tap. Tap. Yeah. When you when you watch this is Final Tap now, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. It it you watch it watch it the next time you watch it. 
Think of how like goofy they much more goofy they would make that movie if it was yeah. if it came out now. Yeah. You yeah. appreciate the subtle jokes of it. Anyway. It's my favorite movie, actually. I've seen it like 15 times. Whoa. Whoa. Pizza's my favorite food. I've had it five times. Green's my favorite color. I've seen it like, I don't know, six times. You see, Steve's personal stories are all fucking amazing. Remember when his grandfather walked across the room and saw a share video and then walked out of the room? (laughs) Hey, Dave, remember when you dropped the names of a bunch of your friends? Oh! Oh! I listen to Dave drop na- friend names all day long before I have to hear another story about a Steve grandparent that wasn't even doing a story. something regular. Wait, he never told you the time that his grandpa came in. And he was looking up, looking at the Peter Steele playground. <laughs> now that would have been a story. Grandpa, I'm a music critic. I heard you like this band, Steve. Uh, anyway. Spinal Tap is one of those movies that I think I saw too late after every single movie in the world had been influenced by it. So I, it never really, it never really like got, it never felt fresh to me. Oh, but you got to watch it like ten times to catch all the little improv jokes. Okay, and then... By the way, Dave, saying Spinal Tap isn't my movie, uh, is, it, is my favorite movie, is not a story. Oh. It's not a story. There's no I, beginning, middle, and it's I was I was trying to make a, a joke, statement. Steve. I didn't mean to touch a nerve. I'm just saying. You picked the wrong place. Uh, uh, you should have said it earlier when I was talking about my brothers on Boxing Day. Yeah, I, I, I did. I, you told the story about you getting a cat drunk or trying to get a cat drunk. Oh, yeah, you're right. Hey, Steve, do you have a copy of, of Spinal Tap for your VCR? Because I think I smell a, a Christmas present for Steve. No, no, I got it on DVD because the first time I saw it, it was on Laserdisc. I had a bunch of extras, so I was like, I gotta wait for the DVD to get all the extras. Hey, uh, hey, Fun fact about Hollywood Steve, though, not to not to throw you too far under the bus, but I love this about you. Like as early as like three years ago, he was still recording shows off of VCRs on TV, hockey games. I was slow slow to upgrade. It was great, and and I enjoy that you like, or I'm glad that you like to watch Spinal Tap for all the little improv uh, jokes that are in there. Get to study them. Yeah, listeners, also listen to this episode a bunch of times. You get to study all of our improv <laughs> yeah. techniques. Yeah. We're great, especially that particular segment. It was amazing. We're going to yeah. teach you huge lessons in improv and hilarity. <laughs> totally off book on that. Oh my god, we're the funniest comedians in Hollywood. So good. Don't ever, ta- so good. Don't ever talk about my stories, Dave. <laughs> Believe it. Number two. You can talk about my story. Just pick an actual story. <laughs> You know, I uh, worked for Christopher Guest, and uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I was in a van with him, and I said, "You ever see Yacht Rock?" <laughs> I was hanging out with my friend Casey, and uh, we came up with yeah, four I got genres. A, I got a lot of mileage out of dropping Erica Costa's name, I'm sure. <laughs> God. It's song number two. This is a Swedish band called 220 Volt, and their song Heavy Christmas is one of the earliest attempts at a holiday original from the world of heavy metal. Uh, 220 Volt were kind of a part of this first-ish wave of Scandinavian metal in the 80s. Uh, they followed in the footsteps of that country's pioneering early metal band, Heavy Load. <laughs> Uh, there's probably a whole episode we could do about early Scandinavian metal, which Load I'll probably rock. force on you. <laughs> uh, early 
Typically, Swedish metal was not like Viking-y or death metal-y for the most part. It's mostly traditional, like, Priest Maiden-type stuff. Uh, these guys had a couple of good albums in the mid-80s, Power Games and Mind Over Muscle, uh, which I learned about yeah. by reading heavy metal critic Martin Popoff, who also introduced me to pretty much every band I had in the hard organ countdown. So kudos Pop to him. Popoff, Load, Mind Over Muscle. This is hilarious. <laughs> also, Power Games. That's uh, some yeah. Rob Halford's uh, stuff. Uh, Heavy Christmas was released in 1987. Pretty straightforward. There's no, like, they're not trying to play off Metal's Darkness against the, the light subject matter of the holidays. It's just a song about how people like presents and they hope that they're heavy, much like the sweet metal that 220 Volt plays. This, is, this has great, like, innocuous lyrics, like, stockings everywhere, it's getting darker outside, the kids start to shiver, want to see him deliver the presents they want so bad. It's not so sinister lyrics, but they deliver them like, like it's the most evil thing in the world, which uh, my, my accountant might agree with if Santa were not real. Huh. Which which he is. He's totally I'm real. Are you, are you, are you afraid your kids are going to listen to this, J.D.? So I'm going to have some real bad news for you. Well, Junior what? was on the podcast. Yeah, and he Junior hates his impressions. Fan. He only likes podcasts he's on. Ah, okay. Oh. I tell you, I was playing the podcast, the Cubs podcast he was on as I was driving to school, and like when he got out of the car, he was like, he told the person who opened yeah, the door you... of the car, he said, <laughs> I was on a podcast. It's great. There's a person who opens the door at every elementary. Every elementary school now has it about wow. drop off, so you don't have to. So your kids don't have to walk past child molesters' houses. Oh, well, not God. only that, it it unclutters the line of parents getting out of the car. It keeps things moving. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I see. 220 volts, everybody. Yeah. This is a good song. Yeah, it's, it's my favorite good song. song. Yeah. Uh, if you read the lyrics, you know. You read them closely, it's, it's, it becomes more and more apparent that English is not their first language. But, they, but it, makes, it makes sense in the context of the song, because it's awesome. Anything else on this one? Let's get, let's get to number one. Yeah. It's right. number one. <laughs> you did it, number one. We did oh, it. We did it. Oh, this is this isn't metal. No, this is very this is delightful. Hey, right off the top, there's jingle bells in this song. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I think the name of the song he's playing was. Well, now it changed. Oh yeah, now it's a medley of uh, I saw mommy kissing Santa Claus. <laughs> oh Whoa. shit! Oh shit! Oh, what an evil sounding fellow cackling at us. That's right. It's King Diamond with no yeah. presents for Christmas. This is number one because there's nothing more horrifying and downright evil than not receiving any presents for Christmas, the capitalist's biggest holiday. I used to have dreams that teenagers would steal my presents, Christmas presents, and I wouldn't. I was super scared of teenagers when I was a kid. Oh, when you were a kid? I still am scared of teenagers. Okay. Yeah, I was, they're they're I weird was, looking. Yeah, I was super scared of teenagers when I was in high school. Uh, this... <laughs> Steve, I take it back. That was fucking awesome. <laughs> no, that's a great story. Thank you. Uh, this was actually the first ever solo release for King Diamond after he left Danish occult metal pioneers Merciful Fate and his backing band here, as it would go on to, you know, it would stay the same. Uh, 
It includes half of Merciful Fate, guitarist Michael Denner, bassist Timmy Hansen, plus the underrated Andy LaRock on guitar, and future Motorhead drummer Mickey D. At this point, they were all still pretending that King Diamond was the name of their band, like, you know, Alice Cooper was the name of that band, allegedly, and just not just the front man who had the exact same name. Hunter, I'm kind of jumping on some research you did, because I did this last minute right before. <laughs> um, Go mother- for it, Dave. You yeah. motherfucker. <laughs> but the King Diamond's real name, uh, Kim Bendix Peterson. Yeah. Could have had a career as a footballer. Old Bendy Dix. Yep. But he chose to change his name to something that wasn't a girl's name, followed by a couple dick references, and he pursued music. <laughs> yeah. Danish footballer. Mm-hmm. So everybody knows. He was also in a punk band called The Brats. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, he was. I forgot that. No, you didn't write that part, did you? No. Nope. nope. You, know what, you, know, you know what I like about this song? That it sounds like every other metal song in the entire world, but it's about Christmas. Really? You think this sounds like a. See, I think that that falsetto is unique to this yeah. and yeah, only a few unique. other songs. This is my favorite type of metal. Mm-hmm. I, I want to call it squeak metal, but it's pretty much. I think it's just death yeah, metal. Those are, those are notes. No, no, or no, black no. metal. This no, is, no, no, no. Black metal sounds different to this. This was an influence on black metal, but, we, but it was more because of. Uh, King Diamond's evil persona. There are uh, other squeak metal guys out there. Jim, but the- G- Jim Gillette. I mean, you get sure, that kind of bit. falsetto. That's you don't find a lot. But of I that. so much prefer this over the grumbly growl of. I, death, oh you know, yeah, death yeah, metal. yeah. This song was on every Christmas compilation I've ever made. <laughs> uh, so this this came out in '85, and that's back when King Diamond was the closest thing there was to an actual practicing Satanist or warlock or whatever in heavy metal. You know, he'd do interviews about it where he he played coy, he'd flirt with saying that he actually literally did worship Satan or practice witchcraft, but then he. Or like he'd imply it and then walk it back later, but never actually like take the plunge and say, yes, I worship Satan. <laughs> but all of that made him in the minds of a lot of people the most extreme evil dude that metal had ever seen, which yeah. is why he was an influence on black metal, even though black metal doesn't sound like him. And it's also what makes this song that much funnier. Uh, you know, the, all the, the bands, the evil bands he influenced would kind of... <gasps> What's happening? I don't know. Christmas Carol interpolation. No. Yeah, he was the uh, poster boy for the anti-mental, anti-metal brigade, like MRC and things like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's actually how I got into him because I wasn't supposed to listen to him. (laughs) Yeah, uh, we talked about this a little bit in the rock bands episode, I think. But uh, Merciful Fate was on the PMRC's Filthy Fifteen with their song "Into the Coven." Uh, they got on there because Into the Coven was about the occult, much like Ooh. every other Merciful Fate song <laughs> ever written. Mm. Yeah, Those naughty, naughty boys. Let me ask you something. They're going to get cold this Christmas. This guy ever learned to enjoy Christmas? I think he probably did. Good. Good. Yeah, except he's, think, uh, you know, in England they wear those dumb little crowns for Christmas. I don't get it. Mm, I've never seen that. I think you're making that up. That was a good episode. It sure was. And what what didn't make the list? Oh, I have one. <laughs> the, the Darkness, I Am Santa, uh, off their, the special edition of their latest album. It may not be heavy enough, but that's not going to stop me from having us play it out because it's awesome. Yes, it is. Um, 
Of course. Oh, wait. I unplugged the computer before I started playing it. There it is. Because you're it tooting is. your own horn. I know. That's yeah. what happens. You get all... Giving yourself your own lead-in. Yeah, start patting your own back and yeah. pull the plug out. This song's called I Am Santa by the Darkness, so you know it's good. Uh, Korn has a Christmas song. I think it's called the Christmas Song from a K-Rock performance in 1998. It's, oh, pretty, it's pretty terrible. It fit perfectly. There's a, there's a song called Rock and Roll Christmas by Iron Maiden. Ooh. Free Bruce Dickinson, Paul Diano on vocals. Ow. Gary Glitter wrote it, Ooh. But, but Maiden made it rad. All right. I've what? never heard that one. i got to hey. check that out. Yeah, that's sweet. Next up, Dave is in the captain's chair for oh boy. Hold for it. Hold for wait, it. Wait, is he going to do it? Here it comes. Huh? Wait, no. Marina Rock. Yeah. Holy shit, wait, finally. I wanted to hear him announce it. Oh, uh, what are you going to do, Dave? Marina Rock. Oh, That's boy. right. We're finally going to get to the bottom of the mysterious yacht rock adjacent genre that we've been hearing about for years. Oh, shit. I guess, I guess there's no going back now. Nope. You've got to go on record, motherfucker. So, so much Jimmy Buffett next. I know. It's not Jimmy Buffett, you dick. <laughs> you fucking inbred. <laughs> but, but this week's Power Christmas playlist by... Power Father, Carols on Power, Heavy oh. Metal Christmas. Power Carols playlist by following J.D. Risner on Spotify. Go to YachtRock.com to buy t-shirts. Read the Captain's blog and see show notes by Tim Malcolm. Follow Tim on Twitter. Oh, man. His show, oh, yeah. His show notes are going to be awesome. His show notes are going to be awesome. I just gonna, thought about that. We're going to see Pete where, Steele's where, hog. Where can you follow him again, JD? At Timothy Malcolm for fun facts. Send questions via Twitter at Yacht Rock. Follow JD at JD Riznar. Follow Hollywood Steve at Hollywood Steve H. Follow Dave at David underscore B underscore Lions. Follow Hunter at Hunter Stare. Like Yacht Rock on Facebook. Rate review us on iTunes. Your reviews help us pick up heat. So please take the time today to write us a review. And a we, lot. We're a lot of people up. did, and it was yeah. great. Thank you yeah, so much. Thank you all for, thank yeah, you. We're, thank we're you climbing up the music podcast charts because of you. Uh, thanks to Ron Estrada for sending in the bumpers again. It's a rerun bumper, so we're out of them. So we'd love to get bumpers from you. Email us at beyondyachtrock at gmail.com. Make sure they're MP3s with no dead air on the tails. Additional bumpers by Rob Crow and Mark Rivers. Thanks to producer Dustin Marshall for demonstrating how Santa goes down the chimney and letting us call a doctor when you got all scraped up into a bloody stub. Check out other Feral Audio podcasts at feralaudio.com. And I have one more special Christmas treat for you. This is a song my boy Junior's really into. On the first day of Christmas, <laughs> by Straight No Chaser. But it doesn't get good until a minute 50 in. It doesn't? It doesn't get good. That's what yeah. you just said. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't get good. Hey, Tim Malcolm. Listen. Merry Christmas. I'm just gonna let this play out for the last minute. This is great. This is like Toto's Africa Dabra. This is the, uh, of people who are inspired by by Africa by Toto. Africa, Africa Dabra. Africa, Toto's Africa. Inside Toto concert. The Straight No Chasers 12 Days of Christmas, and it ends on this parody of Africa about Christmas, and it's great. Yeah, I, think, I think it's time you step in and uh, parent your uh, your son's musical <laughs> selection. Milking just for me. He, a, he thought I would love this because he knew it was Yacht Rock. It's kind of like when like uh, liberal parents <laughs> make turn their kids into like horrible Republicans and vice yeah. versa. Yeah, this your, is... your son likes techno. <laughs> Yeah.